Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. We had to bring you an extra episode this week because we're joined by Isaiah Roby on the pod for the very first time. We'll talk all about his season this year with the Thunder, what it was like growing up in a small town, and we'll play a little game to see how well he knows his teammates. Let's jump right in. It's the Thunder Basketball Universe. Well, today is a very special day on our podcast. For our listeners, we're recording this on Thursday, April 15th. So the team is about to begin. It's a long four-game East Coast road trip. The squad is actually in Detroit as we speak. And that is where our very special guest, Isaiah Roby, is joining us from. Isaiah, thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here, man. We're uh, We actually, this week on OKCThunder.com, we're unveiling a, a large feature story on you, a feature video as well, um, some interviews that we got with you earlier in the season. So we're excited to have this uh, podcast interview to kind of round out all of that coverage of the man, the myth, the legend, Isaiah Roby. <laughs> but before, like, we get into, <laughs> before we get into talking a little bit more about you and getting to know you a little more, we wanted to play a little bit of a game right off the top and just a little bit of context behind this game. It's called You Can Shay That Again. And a little bit of context, we started playing this game last year. Our very first contestant was Shay, of course. And the premise here is we are going to recite some quotes that your teammates have said, either in practice or after games, that have really stuck out for me and Nick. And you have to try to figure out which teammate said which quote. Okay, let's do it. Cool. All right, right. Nick, you go first. All right, so the first one is, Defense is just something that I try to put in my identity and put as the identity of the team and not shy away from the moment of truth. Mm. Uh, that sounds like defense is my identity. That sounds like something K. Rich would say. K. Rich is a, is a defensive-minded guy. What stood out to me about this quote was, say, was uh, this person saying, not shying away from the moment of truth. That just sounded very philosophical for a 19-year-old rookie, Teo Maladone, to oh, say that. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's, something, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, the coaches actually preach to us a lot is the moment of truth and, you know, not shying away from that. So it's, you know, he's learning. He's learning quick. That's, that's right. good. He's soaking <laughs> the stuff up. He's learning. He's learning. Okay, here's the next one. We'll see. This might be a little easier. Maybe not. I, I didn't realize this about this person. So best of luck. Okay. Okay. I, I really started to lock into that my last year of college. I started meditating, staying in the moment, realizing that the present moment is all you have. He said his last year of college? Mm-hmm. His last year of college. Oh, okay. so that, that narrows it down. A good clue. It down a lot because, I mean, none of, the, none of the, the foreign young guys. And then Shea was the one and done, so he can't say his last year. Right. He's only put one year. So, okay. Right. Nice, nice context clues you're getting there. Now Bayes. Bayes didn't go to college. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Ty. We ding, have a winner. Ding, 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 ding. Nice. Well done. Well done. That's okay. awesome. <laughs> I'll take it. That was, that was great, Isaiah. All right. Now you get the flow of the game. These will get, yeah. these will get a little bit harder now. All right, okay. cool. I like this. So this next one, uh, this player was asked whether he likes rebounding or scoring better. And he just said, I like to win. Ah, uh, that's nice. Um, I'm gonna go with Mo on that one. That's right. There that's you go. Right. Nicely done. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mo, Mo is one of what our favorite guys to interview because he is just—he's direct. He's to the point. 
You ask him a question, he gives you the answer and fires it right back at you. Does not hesitate. We love it. You got to have your next question ready to yep. go. Yep. <laughs> All right. This one's probably my favorite on the list. It's short, so be ready. Okay. I'm just trying to creep into the open spots where my man can't see me. Trying to creep into the open spots? Um... I, there's more to this quote, so let me know if you want some more context on this quote. It sounds like creep to open spots, my man can't see me. That's, that sounds like a uh, some a shooter would try to do, you know, somebody who, who's That's known for, for shooting jumpers. I can see that. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with Svee. Svee, Svee does a good job of that. He does a good job of relocating. This yeah. was not Svee though. Not Svee? No. Uh -uh. I should ask for my. I should ask for the hint. Okay. All, right, all right, I'll give you the rest of the quote. Maybe it might help. It might help. Um, I'm just trying to creep into the open spots where my man can't see me. They're so busy trying to help on defense so that one half second I get loose, maybe a guard on my team can lay it up or that one small window where I can get into the open spot and have my hands ready. That's, uh, that's, that's Tony. Big Tony. That's right. That's right. <laughs> nice, man. You don't got hands ready. I like that. Hanging, out at, hanging out at the dunker spot. I'm about to say, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the one thing about his game that I've noticed he's really good at is catching high, keeping high. He doesn't, you know, never brings it down for the for little guys to get to. So his hands are always ready. You know, we, we often think about relocating in terms of like perimeter players, like you mentioned Svee, but that's one thing about Tony too. It always seems like he's like just subtly moving to, to find or create passing lanes uh, on pick and rolls and, and when he's hanging out at the dunker spot. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's had, he's had a lot of success doing that. All right, these are some these are entering different territory here. So uh, so bear with us on this. This is like the bonus round. This is like yeah. the bonus round. Okay. All right, all right. This is all the context you're gonna get. I'm so sorry. I gotta keep it a secret. Keep it a secret. Um. So sorry. I keep it a secret. This is okay. So wait. When when was this? Quite. This is like post game. Post game. Yeah. It's a post game question. Keep it a secret. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Lou Dort. Ooh. 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 Okay. Wait. Wait. Yeah. What's your reasoning behind that? Because I just feel like that's something he would say. Like, just <laughs> like you guys probably asked him. You know, how how does he get so many offensive uh, offensive fouls? Uh, okay. you that something is something like that. that we ask all the time. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> same thing. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get like you know. I'm trying to get like Lou. So I'm. I'm wondering the same thing. So this question, a little bit more context. It was a question related to fashion. Oh, well then, I got to go with Shay then. That's Shay. It's not Shay? Not, not oh, quite. Man. Not quite. The question was, what is in your fanny pack? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's Poku then. That's right. Poku, he's got, I don't know how many fanny packs he's got now. He's got a, he's got a few different ones. So I, you know, that, that's his look. I like it. I like yeah. his stand, he's standing out. You got to have a signature look, right? You got to have yeah. something that everybody recognizes you for. And fearless, man. He, he found he, he found it quick, like you know. I'm still, I'm still thinking yeah. about myself. He found it. He came out straight out of the gates with it. Isaiah, though, like you, you're great because you've got the the like laid back, casual look. You and Al Horford, you walk into the building, you just you're there for business, man. You got you got your, your sweats going. You know, I, I yeah. speak up sometimes, you know. Yeah, you know, I, I try to I try to you know try to put something on every now and then, but like you said, like most of the time, you know, I just stay in my comfortable you know sweatsuits or you know keep it simple, but. 
I got to keep the eyes on the shoes, though. The shoes are where it kind of stands out for you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's where me and Al, you know, me and Al differ a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he's pulled some shoes on. I'm like, like those are something that you know he's had for he's had for a long time. Like those are those are some grails right there. But uh, for the most part, for the most part, that's where we stand out. All right, this is the last question. This is the one for all the marbles winner bragging rights which we all know is the most valuable currency in the sporting world so last thing here i don't really talk when i play i was cooking tonight but we didn't win the game i'm always looking to win i know i was cooking but this game is never this game is over and it's on to the next okay so i know i know Luz had a obviously a big game where he was cooking tail had a big game where he was cooking and we lost um I'm gonna go with Tail on that one. Ooh. Lou Dort. Lou was Dort. The four, that was that was after the 42 point explosion the other night. <laughs> that was a different type of cooking. He was he was really hot. He was really hot. But yeah, I knew it was one of those two. But I remember Tail had the 30. I think he had 32 or 35 in, in mm -hmm. Phoenix. So mm -hmm. I knew it was one of those two. Both of them cooking recently. I should have known though, because Tail doesn't even talk like that. So I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> Still, lose all about the team. It just that's team true. first. That's, that's true. Yep. So humble. Okay, well, enough talking about your teammates. Let's let's talk about you a little bit, Isaiah. You've just had an incredible season this year, getting into this new opportunity you have with the Thunder. But before that, I just find it so interesting. Your where you grew up, Dixon, Illinois, what that was like for you playing basketball there. Just tell us a little bit for those who may not know. Tell us about Dixon, Illinois. Oh, man. Well, I mean, Dixon, Illinois specifically, you know, there's not much going on there. You know, uh, uh, it's where I call home. I love, I love that I'm from there and, you know, I'm from a small town. And I think there might be only maybe one other guy who played Division One basketball from Dixon. So, uh, you know, the fact that I made it to the NBA from Dixon is, you know, it's, it's really, it's kind of crazy, honestly. Um, small town. Not much going on. Like when I go back there, you know, not much has changed. I see the same faces for the most part, but it's always good to have that to go back to. And uh, for me, it kind of made it kind of made playing basketball tough because Dixon's like in the middle of it's like a, like two hours away from Chicago and two hours away from uh, what's called the Quad Cities, which is like four cities on the border of Iowa and Illinois. So for me to play basketball, you know, I had to drive two hours to Chicago or two hours to the Quad Cities, and um, I ended up playing AAU in the Quad Cities. So every you know. Twice a week, I had to I'd have to commute down to the Quad Cities, which you know I had to uh, find a ride to one of my teammates who lived 30 minutes away, meet up with him. Then now he would drive me the rest of the way. So you know I had to have a lot of people to help me out in order to get to where I'm at now. So um, you know I'm always grateful for that too. Yeah, Isaiah, as I was as I was writing this this feature story, I I was looking up Moline, Illinois, and the and the highway drive on on Interstate 88 to get down from from uh, Dixon down, down there. What do you remember about just even, you know, scraping up uh, gas money, hotel money to go on those trips? Yeah. I mean, that, that was probably, um, you know, up until like, that was some of the best times in my life playing basketball, you know, not only uh, just competing with my teammates, but just, you know, meeting guys from other parts of Illinois that, you know, I never would have got to meet. You know, I actually had, uh, you know, some of my best friends were from that AAU team and I talked to most of them daily, if not, every every week so um and it's, it's kind of funny because like I mean everybody knows when you play AAU usually it's against guys from other cities and you might have grew up playing against them so like I used to actually one of my best friends now I used to hate playing against them because 
you know, and I was, you know, I still got a baby face, but I remember when he was in like seventh grade, I'm like, there's no way this man should have facial hair already in seventh grade. <laughs> and he was just, you know, he was just uh, a little bit more athletic than everybody else. And so I, I used to like just hate playing against him because he would kind of, you know, he would, he would beat up on me at first. And then, uh, you know, we became teammates and then now we, you know, we're, we're best friends. So, you know, that's always something that a lot of people have is, uh, you know, just great memories from AAU. And it's um, like my coach used to always say, you know, this, you know, you'll never have something like this again. Like even in college, like guys are there for their own reasons or whatnot. But AAU is really like, you know, that's, you know, it's a special time for your team. So. I have to ask Isaiah, just because of the way, you know, you describe Dixon, there's not much going on there. You're really kind of far away from a lot of major cities. So where did your love for the game come from? Were you able, were you driving up to Chicago, able to go see some Bulls games? What, what, how are you, when did you fall in love with it? Where did that passion come from? Uh, my, to be honest, I grew up just playing all different types of sports. Like I actually grew up wanting to play uh, quarterback in the NFL. Like that was my dream. I played football longer than I played basketball and I just, but I always love just being outside, like just doing anything. Like, cause if I was in the house, you know, I was gonna have to help my mom with something like doing dishes. And whatnot. so I just stayed outside as much as possible. But there was actually like another city, like my family, my dad's uh, family, he's from, they're from Rockford, Illinois, which is uh, closer to Dixon than Chicago. So I spent a lot of time there too. So I like just playing, just competing against uh, people up there. Like I always seem to find myself playing against people older than me too, which is, you know, it helped me, it helped me out a lot. Like I remember my, um, I think I was in fifth grade and I ended up playing for the eighth grade B team. Obviously I was a lot smaller than everybody else. So I was, ended up playing point guard for them. And uh, I think that's something that, you know, I've been able to carry on my entire career is being able to handle the ball while also being, you know, when I played my own age group, one of the bigger guys on the court. So, um, you know, that was, that's always, that's always been great for me, but I think I've just always had that passion for sports and being outside and basketball just happened to be what I'm, you know, what I'm best at. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why Isaiah, but just, like watching you play it, I kind of had this instinct that at one point in your life, you were one of the smaller guys on the court handling the ball a lot. And then you got, then you got tall, then you got big. Was, was that kind of the case for you? And, and yeah. like, what specific skills do you think have, have been a benefit of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, like I, I think um, the first time I played basketball was actually third grade. And I remember I played and then, uh, I was just like dominating the game. Just I was just bigger and faster than all, all the uh, other kids my age, and other coaches like, no, there's no way he can play with us. Like he's got to he's got to go up. So I remember after I played my first game at third grade, I played in the, uh, the next game, which is the fifth and sixth uh, grade game. And um, ever since then, I just kind of just played with older guys, and you know they would always like, you know they would beat up on me because I was way younger than them. But I mean, I think that the fact that I had to fight through that struggle and I, I wasn't always the best player. I think that, you know, helped me get to where I'm at today because I always had that kind of underdog mentality. Like when I first joined AAU, I wasn't, I wasn't even starting on my team. And then I ended up, you know, being the first guy on my team to, to get a scholarship offer. And then um, same thing with college kind of like my freshman year at Nebraska, I didn't start. At, I don't think I started one game my freshman year. And then um, my sophomore year, I, I, I started off the season coming off the bench too. And then due to some, uh, you know, transfers and injuries, I ended up starting halfway through the year and had a really good year. And, you know, that helped me uh, succeed in my junior year as well. But, you know, I, I feel like every every time I've come to a certain level of, of uh, competition, I don't start out as the, as the best player, but I've always, you know, come to the top and I've always had that uh, motivation to come to the top. Talk to us a little bit more about that, that motivation and where that comes from. I mean, you talk about like that small town and kind of maybe having a little chip on your shoulder with that, but, 
you mentioned it every level it seems like even now with the thunder you have just really been able to grow and, and carve out some space for yourself and is in a starting role with this team just where does that where does that stem from just internally and and how have you been able to do that so consistently throughout your career yeah i think um honestly it's kind of like i just feel like people who are successful at what they do they always have some type of motivation. Like, you know, obviously some people have external motivation, like oh, I want to have the most money or I want to, I want to have the most followers on Instagram or whatever. And uh, some people have internal motivation. And I think that's, you know, where my motivation really comes from is just internally, just, um, you know, going out there, trying my best, whether I do good or I get humiliated. Like I've, you know, I've, I've had a lot of games where I've been humiliated. Like even, uh, you know, recently this year, like we haven't been playing the best, but like, I feel like either you can get beat down by it or you can, you know, you can use it to motivate you. That's kind of what I've done my whole life. Like I remember actually, <laughs> I remember my first game uh, on that eighth grade B team when I was in fifth grade, we lost seven to 77. And <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember the kids that were, uh, they were four years older than me. So when I got to be a freshman in high school, uh, those same kids, they were, they were seniors in high school and I played the same team my first game of freshman year. And we lost again by like 50 points. And then um, over the years, like obviously like I got a lot better and my team got a lot better. I think we end up, my freshman year of high school, I think we lost like 25 games. And then my next three years of high school, I think we lost like maybe nine games total. Mm. Um, and it's just funny cause just like at one point those guys were so much better than me, but then I just, you know, I stuck to it and I just used that as motivation to the point where, um, you know, when I finally got to play, guys my own age or guys my own competition level I was so much better and I kind of felt like I had put those guys on such a pedestal that when I realized I don't know like when I like I've, I've seen some of those guys from that team now and I would like in my mind I was like these guys are like all six nine six ten they can jump out of the gym and I see them and I'm like man they actually were not all they were not that at all it was just you know I just had to give my time and take my time to, to get to where I needed to be so um I don't know it's just kind of a little story I kind of forgot the question to be honest <laughs> You answered no, it. You answered it. Oh, good. Yeah. You were talking about motivation. And I remember, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the season, you had mentioned to me just, you know, a big part of your motivation is kind of giving back to your family, to your mom in particular. Will you tell me what draft night was like for you? Where were you? What, what were you doing? Um, just that moment of being the first kid from Dixon, Illinois to ever get drafted. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, um, it was a great night. It was actually, uh, um, we had like a little draft party at my girlfriend's house and I had my family there. Um, and then, you know, a lot of my old teammates were also there from high school and from AAU. And, um, yeah, like you said, like it was, it was big, um, really big. Like obviously, you know, being one of the only guys, I mean, the, the only guy to be drafted from, from Dixon specifically, but like, I remember like even the newscast, they were there and, um, the, the local news station is rock is from Rockford, Illinois. And, um, Fred Van Vliet, he's also from Rockford. And I remember on his draft night, he had a draft party as well. He, he went undrafted. And the same uh, news anchor that was at his party, you know, he was at my party too. So I was like, if you, if this happens again, you know, you might be bad luck. You can't go to any more, <laughs> any more draft parties. But, you know, thankfully I got drafted. And, you know, obviously, thankfully, you know, his, his career is working out really well, Fred Van Vliet's. But, um, yeah, it was crazy. Like, I, I had like a big range that I could go, that I felt like I could go in. Um, I felt like I could go anywhere from late first round to uh, undrafted, honestly. 
so uh it was a very like nerve-wracking night i was just trying to um you know just stay as positive as possible but i also kind of was at peace with whatever happened because you know i, I did my best throughout the pre-draft workout and i was you know i made a decision that you know whatever i everything that i can control is is done with at this point it's just you know whatever the cards may fall i actually received a call from my agent and he told me that you know he he, he knew dallas is going to take me with i think it was the 30 I think they originally had like the 37th pick or something like that. So he called me at about like pick 10 and told me that. So once he said that, I was like totally, you know, stress-free. I was like, all right, so now it's a party. Like, let's just have a good time now. And uh, and then um, I think like maybe two picks before that pick, they traded the pick. And so um, then my, you know, I was, I started getting real nervous. I looked at my mom, she was real nervous. Everybody was, <laughs> everybody at the party was nervous. Um, but thankfully, you know, Dallas actually had, uh, the 45th pick and end up taking me there instead. So that was, that was a great night. It was, it was kind of, it was almost surreal, like just to hear my name be called, but um, you know, it was just great for everybody around me because everybody that was at my party had some, some impact on, you know, me getting there. And I'm sure everybody in Dixon, Illinois knows the name Isaiah Roby, just from, you know, playing basketball or just seeing you grow up, you know, <laughs> throughout your life. So that must've been a cool thing to have basically an entire city kind of rallying around you. For sure, and, and it's kind of like the whole area. Like we have this, it's called the Sauk Valley. That's like the uh, whole, like all the towns in the area. And you know, I kind of had like a lot of support from everybody from the Sauk Valley. So that meant a lot, but um, it was actually kind of weird. Like the next day I slept in and I woke up to like a call from, uh, uh, he's, not the, he's not the mayor of Dixon, but he's like the city- uh, City councilman? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's okay. what, and he called me and he was like, uh, he's like, you know, we got a parade set up for you at two. And I was like, a parade? I was like, for what? Like, why would, I was like, nobody's going to come to this parade for me. Like, nobody would ever, like, why are we doing that? And he was like, no, like, we have a lot of people, like, they, they want to, you know, they want to talk to you. They want to see you and whatnot. So um, it was very weird. Like, just even to say it, like, it was so weird to me. I'm like, no, we don't need to do that. Like, <laughs> that's not my style. I don't really want to be in front of that many people. But then, like, it was actually, ended up being really cool. And it, not even for me, like, for me, I didn't really... To be honest, I didn't really enjoy it because that's not really, you know, the attention that I want. But for my family, it was really cool because they got to, we all got to ride in, um, we had this convertible, this old convertible, uh, like we all got to ride in there. And like, we went from one end of Dixon to the other end of Dixon. There was people the entire way, pretty much like they had signs and, you know, they were just, it was all people that I've known for my whole life because Dixon's a very small, tight community. Mm -hmm. So like the whole time, I'm just seeing people that like, you know, I grew up with or that, you know, old teachers, whatnot. So it ended up being really cool and it's kind of weird, but like the only other, per like there's two people that ever have a parade in Dixon. It's me and Ronald Reagan, cause he's also from Dixon. So that's kind of, you know, that's, that's something that's really cool, I guess. But when I first heard about it, I did not want to do it. Not gonna lie. Name is on an exclusive list now. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, you, uh, you didn't really get a normal rookie year uh, by any stretch of the word. Um, you get, one of my favorite story since you've been a pro is just this idea of you making like three trips up and down I-35 between OKC and Dallas and back and forth. And um, it, will you share just maybe your perspective of, of that whirlwind of getting traded to the Thunder um, right after being up in OKC? Yeah, it was weird. Um, it was really weird just because like, I remember actually talking to one of my teammates, uh, on the drive back and I was like, man, cause the, the trade deadline was coming up. I was like, man, I feel like there's been no trades this year. Like what's going on? Like, I feel like in normal years, 
there would have been way more trades happening. And then I ended up getting traded the next day, I think. But, uh, it was just, weird. just for context, sorry, just for context for the listeners, Isaiah came up with the Texas Legends to play against the OKC Blue at the Cox Convention Center. The very next day, he gets traded to the Thunder. Yeah, yeah. And it, I kind of um, – I really, like, was happy. I wasn't happy that I got traded initially just because, you know, I, like Dallas is the team that drafted me. And I felt like, you know, once I got healthy, I could really help that team. But I was happy that I ended up in Oklahoma City just because I had a really good meeting with, with Sam during my pre-draft workout. And, um, you know, I felt like this is a spot that obviously is very player development heavy. And that's exactly what I wanted to, you know, what I needed and, and what, I've, what I've been, you know, experiencing this year. So it was actually a good thing also that I felt like he so, – I don't know if Sam or Will was at the game, but somebody was at the game and was like, okay, yeah, we want this guy the next day. So, you know, that, that also that also meant a lot to me. But, um, yeah, it was weird. Like, I didn't really understand the full process of getting traded at first. Like, I got – like, I talked to uh, Donnie, the GM of um, Dallas. He, you know, he told me pretty much what was going down. And then, like, immediately after that, it was like, all right, I'm on the phone with Will. And he's like, all right, how soon can you get here? Like, we can get you a flight in the next hour. And I'm like, no, I got to go home. I got to, you know, I got to pack. I got to you know, <laughs> find somewhere to put my dog for, like, the, <laughs> for the next couple of days. Um but, uh, you know, OKC did a really good job of bringing me in and, um, you know, introducing me to the people, to everybody in the building and around the organization um, in the middle of the season. So they, they made me feel at home as best they could. Isaiah, one of the coolest things I remember about you getting to Oklahoma City, your first practice, I think it was your first time talking to the media. It was your birthday, which was just the, the coolest little correlation that, you know, this is your, you know, First stop in your new city, first practice, and on my birthday. How, how cool is how cool was that moment for you? I mean, it ended up being cool. You know, I originally I had plans for some friends to come down to Dallas and you know spend the day with me, <laughs> but you know, uh, it was great. Your plans, guys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you guys know. I mean, I was like, I hope you guys can get your money back for your flights. But uh, um, <laughs> but it was it was great though. It was it was obviously, you know, I think it was the the turning point for my career almost. Like, um, not to say that I wouldn't have had success in Dallas, because I, I believe I would, but I think that just the opportunity that I've, I've earned here in Oklahoma City, I think is, you know, it's been, it's been great. Yeah, let's talk about that a little more. We kind of mentioned it, just the, the strange nature of your rookie season going through injury. You only played three total games your first year in the league, and now you've got an entirely new opportunity ahead of you. And Isaiah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on this and the fact that, you know, this season you have started 25 games in the NBA. And that's after last season only playing three games. And before that, you know, three years at Nebraska, before that, you know, being from Dixon, Illinois, just what has this season been like for you, just from an emotional standpoint of seeing how far you've come? Yes, it's been kind of just. Uh, I think surreal is like the only really the only word or the only word I can really think of to to cover it. Just because, like you said, like last year going from playing, I played in three games, but I really didn't play. I didn't have any impact on on any games really last year. So um, to come in and I remember um, I got my first start against Orlando, and like that was so it was just weird for me to just to hear like Coach Mark called me that morning was like. Hey, we're gonna start you tonight. Are you like, are you up for it? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Like, this, this is what I've been working for. But like, even over the summer, like, that was my motivation all summer when, when I was battling, battling back from my surgery. 
Um, you know, it's, uh, that was the first time I ever dealt with surgery and, you know, it's, it's, a uh, it's tough, especially in a year where, um, where COVID hits where like, you know, I'm, I'm up in Oklahoma city trying to get back to, you know, running, jumping, like I, like I know I can. And you know, the, other, the rest of the guys are down in Orlando playing in the bubble, playing good basketball, um, obviously in the playoffs. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a struggle, but, um, you know, I just had that motivation to, to, that was my motivation all, all summer really was just, you know. Oh yeah, when I get my opportunity, I want to be ready. I want to. I want to be ready to to go whenever they whenever my number is called. So I think that you know, so far I've been doing a decent job of that. You really have, and it's been kind of up and down this season, just in terms of your role on the team. You started out kind of as a, a backup five, essentially getting to play a lot of times at the center spot. Now you're, you know, getting some time on the perimeter as well. And we talked about this early on about you know you've had this skill set kind of in your arsenal growing up. What has this been like for you kind of learning these these different positions throughout this season? Yeah, it's been it's been a challenge. Um, you know, I felt like obviously, you know, we had some some roster changes. So, you know, I felt like I was I was getting really comfortable playing the the uh, five position for us and um doing a lot better at guarding and rebounding at the five. And then, you know, obviously with some roster change, you know, now I'm playing a lot more on the perimeter and it's it's um even more, I'm playing more on the perimeter now than even I did in college. Um, but I think that that's just a testament to, you know, first off, what, what the college, um, how much belief the coaches have in me. And then also, I think it's just a better challenge for me or another challenge for me to try to conquer. You know, I haven't, I haven't, you know, totally had um, been playing the best on the perimeter so far. There's a, there's a lot of things that I need to clean up, but I think that, you know, obviously that's, that's what this season is about right now. Um, you know, we're not, we're not competing for a championship right now. Uh, we're not, but we're also not just out there, just you know, throwing it in. You know, we're out here trying to, we're trying to build something, and that's what the coaches and everybody keeps preaching is just we're trying to build towards something, and um, you know, they're just giving us the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's just been super encouraging, Isaiah, to see you continue to make strides. Mark Dagnold said, you know, textbook development uh, is is what he sees from you every single day. Yeah, yeah, and and um, it's been fun. You know, obviously losing is never fun. But um, I think that, I mean, like I said earlier, like uh, I, I'm a believer in, you know, tough times don't last, don't, tough times don't last, tough people do. And, you know, obviously we're going through some tough times right now, but I think that, you know, we have some guys in this locker room and uh, I learned, well, I, I believe in all my teammates, honestly, but, um, you know, our coaching staff and our players, you know, we have guys that are, are all tough people and we're all built to last. So I think that, you know, just continuing to learn from all our mistakes, from all our losses, and from uh, even when we win games, you know, just continuing to learn is, is, is what's going to, you know, help uh, build this team for the future. Very, very wise words, Isaiah. Thank you so much. We have really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. And we look forward to watching you guys on this road trip. Best of luck to you and good luck tomorrow against Detroit. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, sweet. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Isaiah. We want to thank Isaiah Roby so much for taking the time to be on our podcast today. Like Nick mentioned, if you want to learn more about Isaiah Roby and his journey to the NBA, a little bit more about his backstory, there is a fantastic feature story on OKCThunder.com right now. Be sure to go and check out the story and the video that goes along with it. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much to our producer. And until next time, Thunder up and catch you later.